0: Well, hello and Happy New Year to all of you. Welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman and Home magazine.
1: And I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and what's And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 6th of January 2023, Hannah, including the return of classic crime drama Happy Valley on BBC iPlayer and the new prime video thriller The Rig.
0: And we'll also be meeting Reginald the Vampire on Now TV and saying welcome to the Chippendales on Disney+. Plus. But first, Ian, what is in the news?
1: Scarlett Johansson will star in Prime Video's thriller Just Cause, which is based on John Katzenbach's novel about a journalist who reopens the case of a death row inmate. What else is in the news, Hannah?
0: Well, in ITVX's dramatisation of the Arthurian legend, *The Winter King*, Ian De Castecker will play Arthur, and Eddie Marsden will co-star as his father, Uther.
1: A pretty varied selection, I would say. To kick off the new year, Hannah, we're going to start with something which people may have caught already because it arrived uh, last Sunday on BBC One and BBC iPlayer. It's the eagerly anticipated. Return for the last time, I'm sorry to say, of Happy Valley. And here's a clip. Got some intel for you from the prison. You're not going to like it. Tommy Lee Royce, Aldo.
0: Stop, stop. Biologically, he is he's a narcissist, he's a psychopath. Do you know anything about this murder? I've heard things. I get it's complicated, but it's I me mean,
1: Well, I'll start by saying. If you haven't previously watched Happy Valley, the two previous series, I suggest you go to BBC iPlayer and watch them with all speed because it's one of the great British shows. It stars Sarah Lancashire as police officer. Sergeant Catherine Kaywood, she lives in Hebden Bridge. It co-stars James Norton, who is absolutely chilling in this as a killer and sex offender called Tommy Lee Royce. And if if you go back through the first two series, you will find out how their lives have been connected over the two series. It's so British, this show, it couldn't really be, be made anywhere else. It's so well-written by Sally Wainwright, and the performances are superb. And what it does, it it combines really good crime stories with a very convincing portrayal of a sort of traumatized family. So Catherine's daughter, she died. I'm not going to give too much away in case you've not seen the previous two series. So she's been bringing up um, her grandson, then her sister is a sort of recovering addict. She's played by Siobhan Finneran, her sister Claire, who, who they all live together. Anyway, We start off this final series. Catherine is talking about retiring from the force. The discovery of human remains is reported and she goes to investigate. And this reveals a connection to Tommy Lee Royce, who is in prison and it basically connects him to a sort of mafia world murder. Now, there's also the complication that Tommy Lee has a connection to... Ryan, Catherine's grandson. Again, that all becomes clear in the first two series. So, yeah, do go back and watch from the beginning because you, you kind of need to understand all of this backstory to get the most out of this final series. There's an interesting subplot uh, also in this about one of Ryan teach, Ryan's teachers who has a sort of domestic violence, coercive control type situation in his home life. And you know it's also pretty unpleasant with the pupils that he's supposed to be looking after. So, I mean, the bar was already set really high for this one with the first two series, and I am pleased to say this looks just as good. I mean, it's five stars all the way. I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Are you? A, are you a fan, Hannah?
0: Yeah, I know mean, you're right. You've got it. You need to kind of go back, don't you? And and and, and give it a whirl. It's just so incredibly intense i think it's um one of those things often talk about this way you just absolutely need to sit there and watch it and it's completely gripping i think the the people that play all the different parts just bring everything together james norton um, like you say it's just absolutely chilling really in the part that he plays of uh, uh, tommy lee royce and um i don't know it just sort of it it's incredibly it feels incredibly real and yeah chilling so uh, definitely five stars all the way but it is intense it's not not what i would call easy sunday night viewing really
1: now over on prime video hannah you're going to tell us about another new series it's called the rig and here's a clip power outage across the accommodation block could it have been seismic well we keep punching holes in the earth eventually it's going to punch
0: back he will come back. Push it all and shut it down. Oh my god. Yeah. So this really appealed to me because my brother used to be on the rigs. He used to um, go out onto the oil rigs, and it, it was quite nerve wracking when he was on them because the weather can change at any time, particularly in the North Sea. And it, you know, it was it was a dangerous thing to do. The helicopters coming in and out. So this kind of really appealed to me because many a Christmas you know, we'd we'd hope to hear from him. So it kind of for me was something that I just wanted to see. This is different because despite it being very dangerous on any oil rig, this is has got a supernatural element to it. It's a supernatural thriller. And anyone that listens to these podcasts will know that I'm I'm not a huge fan of that. But this kind of absolutely really it, it does really work because um it's shaken, the rig is shaken so everything's sort of all okay, people want to leave, ready to go away for their holidays. And the rig is shaken by this massive tremor. Um, and 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 you see kind of the power going out, everything goes down, and you're so isolated on one of those rigs. If the weather's not good, you can't get out on the helicopter. You know, you, there is no way of getting out. And basically all communication to the outside world is lost. And this very thick fog rolls in. It's very atmospheric. Um, it kind of completely envelopes the the rig and it's creepy and you're already beginning to feel quite claustrophobic for the people that are on there so i think for me it captured me very quickly Um, but one of the crew um is very badly injured in, in in an accident now you'd think well that okay accidents happen right but this is unexplained and he has this chilling warning to his colleagues, which is there's something out there. And that's when the supernatural part sort of comes in. So um, for me, it was, as I say, it was it was interesting anyway, because you do sort of get to see a bit of the workings of the rig. But equally, it was interesting for me because I enjoyed something that had this kind of supernatural element to it. Um, so... I be- very, very compelling. As I say, very atmospheric and really quite creepy at times. Um, did you enjoy it?
1: I did quite enjoy it, I must say. It's got an absolutely cracking cast. It's a bit of a line of duty uh, reunion because you've got Martin Compston plays. I think he's like the communications officer. Then you've also got uh, Owen Teal. He's a bit of a troublemaker. He's one of the uh, the drillers. You've got Roshenda Sandal, who plays a medic. Uh, you've got the brilliant Mark Bonner, huge fan of him. His, he plays the foreman. So, of course, they were all in Line of Duty together. And Mark Bonner's character has this line where he sort of says something like, I think you might have heard it in the trailer, actually. Um, you know, if you keep attacking nature, one day it's going to strike back. So there's a sort of eco theme going on here. The setup is great because it's a real pressure cooker atmosphere anyway, as you say, Hannah, on an oil rig and there's jeopardy. And at the beginning, they're all desperate to get home, but but um, some of them are being told they can't go. So there's unrest among the crew. And of course, you can't get away from people if you're stuck on an oil rig. So that kind of element of it reminded me a little bit of um, The Abyss, the James Cameron film. Yeah. And this idea of yeah. a sort of something supernatural happening, which... In itself is weird, but it starts affecting the behaviour of the people. That's kind of a bit of a sci-fi trope as well, isn't it? I must admit, mm-hmm. a couple of times when supernatural-ish things were happening, I I kind of almost felt like giggling a bit. I didn't quite buy quite <laughs> buy into it, but it's a. Ter-
0: That's probably why I like oh, well, it. There we go. But it's
1: a great. It's also got Ian Glenn in it, who I absolutely love. So yeah, I think it's worth sticking with. And what I will say is. shows like this they have to introduce a lot of characters pretty quickly in episode one and it does a good job of that and of showing kind of the the tensions within the groups and the relationships and so on so yeah i think it's worth sticking with maybe i was just in a bit of slightly the wrong mood to be watching it i was watching it like in the middle of the daytime this is something you want to watch in the evening i think um so yeah plenty to enjoy i would say over on now tv something rather different. It's a new comedy drama called Reginald the Vampire. And here's a clip. Reggie,
0: you're a vampire now. You turned into an undead creature of the night. Pretty messed up.
1: side. you kind of sucked at the whole being human thing anyways. Oh? You can make new vampire friends. I bet they have really cool social events. Welcome to the party. Like meet and greets. Vampires are weird. So Hannah, as you well know, uh, vampires on TV and film are usually, they're quite stylish and sexy and a bit ripped. However, uh, in this new series, Reginald the Vampire, well Reginald is a fast food worker who is kind of, uh, he's rather shy, he gets bullied a lot because of his size, particularly at work, he works in this place called the Slushy Shack, where his colleague is, is sort of constantly fat shaming him. He's too shy to ask out his colleague who he, he's got a crush on. So from that point of view, it kind of struck me as it was going to be very much aimed at kind of young adults. And, and the theme was to be kind of, you know, don't judge people by their appearance and kind of believe in yourself. This, these sort of messages. Anyway, he then comes across a, a vampire called Maurice, who is played by the superbly named Mandela Van Peebles, who comes in for a slushy, of course. Um, anyway, Reginald ends up becoming a vampire, and so that's, that's the jumping-off point for the series. So it's actually surprisingly bloody, actually. I was expecting it to be all quite kind of, you know... Vanilla and safe but yeah the the vampire stuff is quite bloody and scary. The vampires do look good, they look great. I love the fact that maurice uh he kills another vampire using his wooden afro comb. <laughs> I thought that was really cool, so basically what 's going to happen is Reginald will discover that in in the world of vampires, where as we said, you know everyone 's very beautiful and cool and sexy and good looking there 's prejudice there as there was when he was living in the human world so i felt it was a bit of a mixed bag neither fish nor fowl really i, I do think that jacob batallon who plays reginald and is is in the marvel from the marvel universe he is great he's very appealing and funny in this lead role um but i'm not sure if this kind of um message about fat shaming and so on and and judging people by their appearance is it, enough to carry the whole show but yeah i enjoyed elements of it. it it's a different take on the vampire genre so yeah it's certainly something different um I don't know if this is your kind of thing, is it, Hannah?
0: It's funny because you talk about um, Twilight and any kind of those big series before where you said there was kind of sexy vampires. And even those didn't really do it for me. I find the whole thing kind of a bit odd. I I can see it's quite compelling viewing, but it's kind of odd. And, And I would agree with you. This is even stranger because I feel like they've got this um values piece going on throughout it but it really I don't think is enough to carry the whole story because or the whole thing because it's it's all it's poking fun at the vampire genre but the vampire genre works probably a lot of because of the way it's done and this is kind of um I suppose it's saying you know you can be anyone doesn't matter what size you are you know all I get what it's trying to do but I just don't know that it is enough to want you to keep you to to keep watching it really and i to me i just it didn't appeal at all i i I think part of watching you know vampires suck blood from other people there's got to be something that 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 the piece puts it all together really and i'm not i'm not sure that this really does that do you really i mean do you really feel sorry for reginald I guess to a degree you do, but then is it okay? Then what happens? No, not really. So I kind of found it hard to reconcile the two, if you like. So it's not something that I would would want to particularly keep on watching. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Uh, we're going to finish on Star on Disney Plus with another new series called Welcome to Chippendales. And here's a clip. I'm going to start my own business. A strip club for women. Is this some kind of joke? Not at all. I mean, do you like looking at naked dudes?
0: I have something to tell you, Paul. Women get horny.
1: Welcome to Chimendale!
0: Yes, so this is a a rather different um, uh, genre that we're looking at here, or a, a totally different thing we're looking at here, but this is set um a, the backdrop is a very sort of sleazy 1980s Los Angeles and it's an eight-part series and the Chippendales most people will know what the Chippendales um who they are what they did and I think it's kind of just become part of certainly for me it's just something that oh yeah that that's what they do and the magic mic has come later this is very, this is different. It kind of tells the story, but it's murky. And I guess it sort of um, takes you right back to the very beginning. And this series, and says so it's eight parts, tells the very outrageous story of how Indian immigrant, someone Steve Banner, Banerjee, um, became the very unlikely owner of this male stripping empire. It was his brainchild to make a strip club for women, which I suppose doesn't sound such a big deal now, but really was quite a big deal then and particularly as an Indian immigrant. So, you know, the idea that uh, sort of how you imagine an all American person setting setting this club up it was in fact somebody completely different. So he was in a very dead end job at a gas station, he was offered a promotion, he turned it down and he basically saved saves his wages to, to buy this failed nightclub. But the trouble is he has a partner um, who helps him and, and, and I suppose the partner is this playboy agent who kind of is much more able and capable in front of the camera, so interviews and what have you, but soon you realise that that, that that he's losing his grip on, on his brainchild and what he was doing and it becomes very, very murky and actually ends up being um, really quite intense in places um, there 's a murder um, it becomes a, a crime drama as well as everything else it's there 's lots of themes running through this, and it 's sort of the idea that you know if it was the first club that women were kind of in control of their own bodies they could do what they wanted that they could that, that it wasn 't just men that would that would watch women it could be the other way around, so it kind of um I suppose, looks at stereotypes too. But it's, it really shows behind the the scenes of what is a really quite murky world. I have to say, from what I've seen of it, I'm, I'm really, um, really enjoying it. Um, and you will also see, for any of you trivia people, you'll see Nicola Peltz-Beckham. Um, Brooklyn Beckham's wife is also in there playing Paul Snyder's wife, Dorothy Stratton. So there are a few names in there if you want to be want to be looking out for them. But for me, I, I thought it was really quite compelling and really quite interesting. What did you think, Ian?
1: I did enjoy it. And I, I was unaware of this backstory to do with the Chippendales. Also, I knew about the Chippendales, but I didn't know they'd been started by this Indian immigrant, Soman, who changed his name to Steve. And yeah, we start with this story of how he squirreled away all this money just by not spending at all while he's working in the gas station. There's lots to like about it. We've had so many of these retro 80s shows, haven't we? But also, I didn't know about the true crime story, which is also part of this. So I'm not going to say any more about that, because that's a bit of a spoiler if you don't remember that but yeah it's very interesting there's some great performances in it I particularly like Downton Abbey's Dan Stevens as this agent Paul who sort of comes on board because what Steve does initially his dream is to open a backgammon club (laughs) and unsurprisingly that doesn't work but then he ends up going with Paul to a gay nightclub sees some of the dancers there so the podium dancers and and comes up with this idea why don't we have a strip club for female customers Uh, it's also got Juliet Lewis in it who is great it's got Murray Bartlett from the White Lotus as a great character he's a he's a TV producer who is also a choreographer and Steve recruits him to kind of jazz up the show make it an actual show rather than just guys taking their clothes off and his story, he's kind of wrestling with his bisexuality. That's really interesting. There's a lot to like about it. And also there's this issue of obviously Steve has, has suffered a lot of racism as an immigrant. But also he, in his own business empire, he has some quite racist attitudes as well. So mm. there's a lot going on. I'm not quite sure that it's, it, it's sort of the sum of its parts. Because particularly also the the main character is very kind of deadpan really and and doesn't have a huge amount of personality, but um yeah there's lots to enjoy. Uh, the eighties very well recreated. Um and and yeah Dan Stevens I think is the standout alongside Murray Bartlett. So if you like those two, um I think you will enjoy this. Well Hannah we promised we'd offer a sneak preview of the best of the new shows that will be arriving on streaming platforms in 2023 so what's caught your eye that's coming up this year
0: Luther. it's coming back <laughs> so four years after the crime drama ended on bbc one i mean it still gives me nightmares. I think it was the first one of luther where I hiding under the bed and I still, I still check under my bed. That's how, you know, how ingrained it is in my brain. Um, but Netflix has picked it up and it's bringing back um, and it's bringing back Idris Elba, even more brilliantly playing DCI, John luther, um obviously the, the rule-breaking London cop that he is and it looks to be, I would think, absolutely brilliant with the Netflix budget behind it. Very excited.
1: Well, I'm particularly looking forward to uh, Shrinking on Apple TV+, Plus, starring Harrison Ford as a therapist who starts telling his patients exactly what he thinks of them. (laughs) That's going to be good. Frasier is coming back, of course. Interesting to see how that works. Then you've got a Bridgerton spin-off called Queen Queen Charlotte on Netflix. And Squid Game, The Challenge, this is going to be. Interesting, which is on Netflix, and it's sort of doing the Squid Game for real, but obviously, hopefully, uh, without the sort of uh, ritual slaughter.
0: <laughs> there's the um, There's the one with Helena Bonham Carter as well, isn't there? Nolly, which is which is on ITV and 98. and I I'm intrigued to see this. i been desperate to get an interview with Helena Bonham Carter. Absolutely love her, um, but that looks brilliant because it's Russell TV's biographical drama, so that's great.
1: Well, Hannah, it's time to ask you, what did you get around to watching uh, during our Christmas break?
0: Other than the King's speech, I must get that right. I've also been binging on Wednesday, which is a massive hit in everybody that I know's household. It seems to, uh, um, everyone seems to be enjoying it. So, yeah, I've been watching that. How about you?
1: I caught a couple of movies. Finally, I got to watch Top Gun Maverick, which is on Paramount+. Plus. Absolutely loved it. I have to say I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Um,
0: Amazing.
1: And on Netflix, I also watched the new Knives Out film, Glass Onion, which stars Janelle Monet, big fan of hers, Um, which I could see it was really well done. And if you enjoyed the first film, you will enjoy it. But it's not quite my cup of tea, that sort of whimsical caper. Uh, But yeah, Ed Norton's in it as well. So top-notch cast now we've just got time to look ahead to what's on binge watch next week hannah so what's on the agenda
0: uh rory Kinnear stars in netflix's bank of Dave, and the uplifting true story of the burnley businessman who opened his own community bank
1: and penny dreadful's harry treadaway stars as forensic anthropologist dr david hunter in the paramount plus crime series chemistry of death so we look forward to those and more. But in the meantime.